What's up, everybody? It's me, Jay Jr. Super excited to be home. I've been traveling all over the country. You guys always see me on my Instagram constantly on planes, but I'm here in the beautiful city of Bellevue. Come to find out Bellevue means beautiful. And I'm sitting with somebody so awesome. Um, I followed him on Instagram. I've tasted. You guys know I love food. I'm a big foodie. And so I love food. And um, and that's why I work out so I don't blow up. But anyway, (laughs) I'm sitting with the great Chef John Howie. Say hello to everybody. <laughs> hello, everybody. And this is kind of fun for me because I just learned something new. I did not know that Bellevue meant beautiful. Yes, so. Bellevue means beautiful. I was like, that's so cool. That's and great. so I'm yeah. sitting in one of your locations, Sea Star. Yeah. And I mean, this is awesome. I've had great food here before. I've Thank been you. to, of course, the John Howie near the Braeburn. And I'm just, yes, <laughs> I love it. So just give a little history. On how did you get into all of this? Oh my God! Well, it's kind of funny because I actually started working in the restaurant industry a block and a half away from here when I was 15 years old back no. in 1975. <laughs> I yeah. love it! Wow! It was a place called the Refectory on Main Street in wow. Bellevue. Okay, and it was just a just a little uh, like a busser job. Wow! So after high, after high school, I'd be done about midday. I'd go down there and I'd bus tables. Right, and then I became a, a pantry chef over at a place for a consolidated restaurants, which is the Madden and Ellen's right, and that. Right. Uh, they had a place called Emmett's and it was oh. named after their great grandfather. Wow. Wow. And so I learned some fine dining cooking there. Yes. And but I was still really young. Mm. I ended up at the Black Angus in downtown Bellevue. Oh my and, gosh. <laughs> and the butcher, which used to be uh, was a Schwartz Brothers property, which is where Home Depot is now. Yes. And so, eventually, I needed to get out of the $5.30 an hour thing. Oh, God. <laughs> we come a long ways. <laughs> and wow. uh, get down. Uh, I got to downtown Seattle and worked for a place called Boondocks, Sundeckers, and Green Thumbs. Wow. Which, that was back when everybody was naming their restaurants three names. There was Lionel O'Reilly's and BJ Monkey Shine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the Great American Food and Beverage Conglomeration, the yes. Butcher, the Baker, and the Candlestick Maker. Wow. Everybody wow. had lots of names. Mm-hmm. But it was a... Uh, Sort of like a 13 coins. Wow. Okay. So it's a 24-hour restaurant, um, and I worked from 8 at night to 4 in the morning. So I got to see all the fun people. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> right, gosh. Right up on Capitol Hill. Oh, wow. Yes. Very fun. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was a very fun time, and mm-hmm. I worked at 13 coins at the same time, and mm-hmm. a place called Sundays, which was in an old church, which was kind of cool. Yeah. It had a great disco underneath it, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, churches, y'all need to get a clue. Get a disco underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I kept them busy. Wow. Yeah. And then I worked for a place called Simon's out in Taquilla, which was a fine dining restaurant near yeah. South Center. Mm-hmm. I know, kind of right. Oh, no, no, more on there. Yes, but, yes. Yeah, and then I came to Seattle and worked for Restaurants Unlimited for a while. Mm-hmm. And worked at uh, Triples and Scotts. Wow. I opened Palisade, so I was the opening chef of Palisade. So that was, gosh, that was June of 1992. Okay. Started working on that about six months before that. Mm-hmm. Worked there for almost ten years, and then got together with some friends. Uh, first friend I actually got to help me open Sea Star was Gary Payton. Wow. Yeah. So oh, that's beautiful. Gary still owns 5% of this restaurant. So. <laughs> Shout out to Gary. <laughs> wow. And But he made it easy for me to kind of have somebody in the back pocket and go out and start talking to others. And so I got a bunch of investors and right. opened Sea Star back in March uh, 11th, 2002, six months after 9-11 and wow. right in the middle of the dot-com bus. Yes. So that was, <laughs> that's got to be, I mean, that's got to be hard. That was, that was hard. It was a difficult time. Wow. But Bellevue needed something like this. And mm-hmm. within six months, 
it wasn't I wasn't afraid of losing my house anymore. Well, <laughs> hallelujah to that. Yeah. <laughs> because that was everybody's scare back then. It, it, well, yeah, it, wow. it was for a while there. Mm. But uh, Sea Star became very popular. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big sports fan. Yes. Obviously, with people like Gary being mm-hmm. around, that type of stuff. So I put together another group and we opened Sport, which was across from the Space Needle. Right, right. Which actually just closed last yes, month. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah, 13 and three quarter years of wow. running that restaurant. Wow, like I mean, it's a staple too. Like, I've seen that all the time when you go around there. So, yeah. Wow. It's, business has become tough, but you know. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a tough the restaurant industry has become a it's, lot tougher. Yeah, the the labor costs, the lack of skilled individuals to do the work mm-hmm. is kind of difficult too. Right. But I, I moved on, and um, you know, after that we opened a restaurant down in Tacoma, mm-hmm. which is also no no longer open. Oh my god! What's the name <laughs> of that one? It was I had a partner. It's called Adriatic Grill. Okay. Okay. And so it was a very popular restaurant down there. Actually, won the King Five. Evening magazine best Italian restaurant. Wow, three years running. Jeez, so good restaurant. And Tacoma's actually going through like a no a whole like rebirth. You it feel is it. right now. It's yeah. starting to like boom and starting to see starting to see cranes pop up. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm starting to see maybe <laughs> maybe you'll move back that way again, John. <laughs> Possibly. I, I hope it works out for Tacoma. Yes. <laughs> right. Right. And then uh, I was the only crazy guy who opened two restaurants in 2009. Wow. I didn't know what it was going to be like in 2009. You know, yeah. you start on a project, you know, a year, year and a half before that. Yes. And so yeah. we started on the project in 2007 and opened Seattle Sea Star in January of 2009. Pretty much hit the rock bottom yeah. of the economy. Yes. <laughs> and it, it kind of felt like it. Yeah. So that restaurant closed in January of 2015. Wow. Just kind of had such a rough start that it never really was able to make it through. I've had so many people walk up to me and ask, when are you going to open, reopen right. Z-Star in Seattle? I, right. I love that restaurant. It's one of my favorite restaurants. I'll even have people come up to me and say, oh, Z-Star in Seattle is one of my favorite restaurants. I say, mm-hmm. yeah, that must have been a while ago. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I think you've been there lately, but yeah. <laughs> it's been about three years. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, um, but I also opened John Howie Steak. Yes. In 2019, which is actually September. Yes. It's like, oh my gosh. And that restaurant has done very well. Yeah. Uh, seems like my east side. Uh, it's like, beautiful. My east side operations have done better than my west side. <laughs> Come on, west side. Come on now. <laughs> I think, I'm, honestly, I love that location. I love where it's at. It's beautiful. Great steak. Oh my God. Just amazing. Well, thanks. Yeah. I've, the I've, meats. Great chefs, and yeah. you know that's the one thing. My restaurants are popular, but it's not all because of me. I have great people who work for me. Wow! And, and have worked for me for some of them well over twenty-five years. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and a lot of them. My chef at John Howie Steak, I hired him as like a nineteen-year-old kid when I opened Palisade. Really? He wow. went off and and eventually became the head chef of the Met for eight years. Right. Then when okay. I reopened when I opened John Howie Steak, he came back to work for me and took wow. that position. He's wow. been there ever since. That's so beautiful. you know we have really fun different steak things there. And mm-hmm. and then about three years ago I opened the Beards of Public House. So that in Bothell area, right? Yes. Yes, I've been there. It's good. I had a good burger there. <laughs> Amazing. It's so good because that whole area is developing. And I love it out there. They have like a cold sushi, but that is like the spot where I went and had a good burger, I had some fries, I had good beer. Well, we was good. make everything from scratch. Yeah. So we have a brewery beneath us. Okay. So there's a 10 barrel brewery under there. We actually have two Beardsley Public House stands inside CenturyLink as well. Okay. 
So they're on the club level. Yes. One on uh, one on the east side, one on the west side, wow. both on the north end. Oh, that's and amazing. So those are a great way to uh, get a chance to try us out if you haven't yes. been out to Bothell. <laughs> Make um, it happen. Yeah, but everything's from scratch there. It's all casual food, so mm-hmm. pizza, burgers, yes. salads, soups. Mm-hmm. Um but it's all made from scratch every day. Right. And we make our own sausages. We make our own charcuterie. We bake all of our own buns. Mm. And, and then, of course, the brewery. And then beneath that is the distillery. So we've kind of branched out to some different things in yeah. the last few years. And our distilled products is probably one of the things I'm most proud of. Really? My, my partner, Eric Leadholm, mm-hmm. that's kind of a, another story that's kind of interesting. <laughs> I love stories. We're yeah. here. <laughs> well, Eric actually is my company wine director. Wow. And how that came about is there was a gentleman who had worked with me in the past. Okay. And he was at a restaurant called Boulevard down in San Francisco when I opened Sea Star mm-hmm. almost 17 years ago. And right. he was going to move back up and take the position of sommelier here. Mm. He and his wife decided they loved it down there and decided to stay. He is still at Boulevard. <laughs> so he's been there <laughs> wow. above and beyond that time. But I started asking him, okay, so... Who should I get? Who should I talk to? Yeah. Asking people. And this name, Eric Leadholm, just kept coming up. Mm-hmm. Eric Leadholm. That's who yeah. you want. So I sat down and met with Eric, and, and eventually he hands me a list of Eric's silly little things that he wants. Wow. To, to, <laughs> to have the job here. Yes. And it included, you know, uh, varietal specific wine glasses and temperature controlled um, wine storage and stuff like that. And I had never, you know, not, been, not being a sommelier, right. not having as much uh, involvement with the wine list in the past. Right, right. I didn't know as much. Mm-hmm. But his silly list of silly little things were perfect. Wow. And we incorporated all of them, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. the fact that he wanted to go back down to Carmel, where he had just come from. Yes. Once a year. I love it there. The masters of food and wine, because he wow. was in charge of that for, for many, many years. Oh, my goodness. So even after he came here, he did that for a while. Mm-hmm. But actually, Eric... Um, always has had a passion to make something as well and he was making a little stuff in the garage and yeah so we talked we talked a lot about it sent him back to michigan state where he was uh, where he graduated from okay and they've got a great program for master distilling there mm. and so he did that and he went and took some classes we sent mm-hmm. him to london to take a master distilling test gosh only one of it was four or five people that passed. Really? Uh, a, a, a down under person, I think it was Australia, a mm. South African, uh, Eric, and, and one other person actually wow. passed that test. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a smart guy. Wow. I mean, to think about it's a great power. Well, that's amazing. And you have, like you said, you have great people around you that support mm-hmm. what you're doing. And of course, I've tasted the food, and it's exquisite. You guys mm-hmm. gotta come. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, I was telling you before we started this, I said, you know, a lot of people will believe it when they see it, mm-hmm. but you actually, before you see it, you have to believe it <laughs> because, well, you know, that's huge. As, as a, a business or entrepreneur, you, you definitely have to see what's going to be and right. then make it happen. And right. if you don't see it, you may never end up believing it because it may never happen. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it, I mean, it's like you're constantly having to go for it and put things together. And do you have you had moments probably throughout, like, just say the whole career process where you felt like it's not going to work? Well, this restaurant that we're sitting in now never should have happened. Wow. Never should have happened. Really? This was the third iteration of it. Wow. And the first one was actually over in Kemper's building beneath 
Daniel's right okay over there we actually went through a huge process we were about two weeks away from starting demolition mm-hmm. when some things happened and we weren't able to finalize the deal mm. and then walk away from that really they, they tried to put it into the uh, place where well, I forget what the name of it is now, but on the corner across from that. Mm-hmm. And then they tried to put it in to where Red Robin was. And Oh, my god! We talked about it. We went through a lot of stuff. And then eventually I ended up here mm-hmm. at this space. I love this location. It though. turned out great. It, yes. It, it, you know, we prayed a lot about how we were going to get to where we were going to get to. Mm-hmm. And why I say this never probably should have happened is that, you know, people took chances with me mm-hmm. that weren't exactly financially uh, good decisions. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. And they paid off for them in the long run, and yes. it's okay. But yeah. back then, they were taking a pretty big risk with a pretty good-sized chunk of change. It cost almost $3 million to get this open. Wow. Yeah, and so it, it's taken us, it took us a little longer than we wanted to to pay it off, though, mm-hmm. because of 2008, 2009. Right, right, the bubble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... We, we were that was right about when we were supposed to pay it off right and it took a few years after that but we did mm-hmm. and the investors are all happy with having done this wow that's amazing and I think about now so for you going back to when you said you were, you were 15 and you started mm-hmm. going into this is that when you felt like the dream was birthed for you that one day I'm going to have restaurants or was it just you know it was probably more about four or five years into it okay when I really started to understand that I had a palate that could I, I love to eat <laughs> so and lucky for me what I love to eat it seems other individuals enjoy as well right and so I make the food to where it makes me happy mm. and when it makes me happy it seems to make others happy make others happy exactly and so that kind of works for me and when I realized that I had that talent and I think a lot of that came naturally but also through uh, being with my uh grandmother and my yes. mother and that type of stuff yeah and that's um really where i developed my palate yeah i mean i think that is just so i think about you know you think about back in the day for me before when i started like the podcast it's like that one of the one of the guests that came on said you know there's always something on the inside of you that you know you're really uh you there's something of the knowing that you're called to do something you just don't know what's going to trigger that. Mm-hmm. And so like when I, when I hear that, you said, I have a, I had a taste for something. Mm-hmm. And when you're cooking, it made you happy. Yeah. Now I can, now, now here's the thing. I can cook like some mean macaroni and cheese. <laughs> hey, I love macaroni and cheese. I love that. You might have to make me some macaroni Oh my gosh. What is one of the favorite things that you do like to cook? That's like, you know what? You get in there and you're like, yes, this is it. You know, I, it's funny because people ask me questions like that all the mm-hmm. time. And I don't have a lot of favorites that I like to cook over and over again unless it's food that I would like to make for my family and right. stuff which I might make tacos or something like that oh, at home okay. and I love that yeah. but I like to um, what really is something that I really enjoy mm-hmm. is going out and just getting things at the market bringing them back and creating something Wow! so every time I'm able to create something new and then I will, you know, I might do it for my family, or I might mm-hmm. do it for somebody else, and we yeah. and we have this meal, yes. and it's great. Yes, and then I take it and put it in one of the restaurants, oh. and then I get to kind of sit back and, and watch see. when people order it and see them kind of go, 
wow. <laughs> yes. And it, and it just kind of, you know, you can read their lips from across yes. the room. And that's wow. what is most pleasurable to me is to see that people do that. And, you know, I mean, I have some things that I love. Okay. I love a great pasta. Okay. Oh. So, and, and it can have pesto. It can have Alfredo. It can be, mm-hmm. it can be red sauce. Yes. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Bolognese. I, yes. I love them all. Yes. And a nice firm pasta with a bite. I love king crab. Oh, God. One of my absolute favorite things. And a mesquite grilled uh, bone-in New You're York. You're making me mm-hmm. <laughs> A little frog wah. Yes. I, mean, it, I do. I, that's the thing. If you ask me what my final meal would be, yeah. it might be too long to ever finish. So. <laughs> We're still eating it. I get, to, still I, get to keep, I get to keep living because I can't finish my right, meal. Right, right. Yeah. What's your favorite? Okay, dessert. So I'm not a huge dessert fan. Okay, because I was wondering. Like, I don't really. T- we don't really talk about like desserts and stuff. Yeah. Like Chef John Howie. I'm, but. A, I'm a savory guy, but yes. um, I, I really love a great bananas foster. Ooh. And we make ours true to the original recipe, which was right. made uh, in Brennan's mm-hmm. in New Orleans, is where it came from. Yes. And so that's that's one of my favorites. Um, key lime pie. Oh, yes. My <laughs> wife loves key lime pie. Yes, that is so I, good. Because I like tart, too. Me, too. Yeah. Anything tart can yeah. just, like, uh, it yes. just strikes me like I, that's what I want. Yeah, and a good key lime pie is is just, it's got a little tartness and a little yes. sweetness from the vanilla mm. and everything in the in the topping and that graham cracker press. So, oh, my gosh. Well, so what I, when I look at somebody that has accomplished this, you know, it's definitely rewarding and it's beautiful to see what you have done, you know, and you make like the city of Bellevue just like ah oh, something to come to and enjoy thank so thank you oh for my that. pleasure and you know when I hear just even what you're sharing that you know sometimes things don't work out mm-hmm. it happens it happens but you kept pushing and you kept making things happen you had a great community so that tells me even throughout all this you know guys you should have great people around you that can help you with your vision yeah you know help you succeed well I, I so my cookbook is called passion and palate mm. and I think the greatest chefs in the world they have a passion for what they're doing right and they have a palate to bring it to the rest of us wow so that's why I called it passion and palate and the only thing other than that is that it's recipes for a generous table because what we've done is we've taken all of the proceeds from the cookbook and they go to being used for like our charitable and our oh, philanthropic contributions that's beautiful so, yeah, we're what two days away from Thanksgiving. I know there'll be 650 people in here on Thanksgiving, wow. and they're all low-income family members. And we've done that. This will be our 15th year. That's beautiful. That. It's it's awesome. And wow. We get great stories that come out of that every year. Wow. So it's really nice for them too because they get to come in and sit in an absolutely beautiful restaurant. Yes. Have a three-course meal, mm-hmm. and you know, real silverware, real plates. And, right. And right. A great three-course meal. That is beautiful. So, fun stuff. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking and sharing your story. And you guys, if you have a passion, you heard Chef John Howie, you know, you just have to keep pushing through it. You have to have a great community. And um, I'm super excited that you guys will be able to hear this. So thank you so much for coming on and taking time. Thank you. Thank you. Until next time, you guys, let's keep the conversation going. I'm Jay. And make sure to check out. How can people get in touch with you, like, as far as, like, keeping up with, like, social media? Well, if they go to any of our websites, yes, um, that's fine. Or also, um, I, I believe we have every one of them. Facebook is, like, at John Howie Steak. Perfect. At uh, Sea Star Restaurant. Yes. We have all of those. So they can, 
they can tag on and follow. Yes, so that way you guys can come and have a good meal, have a good time. If you're ever in the Seattle area, come to Bellevue, check him out. You might just end up meeting him. You never know. Yeah. He might bring out the plate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, till next time, let's keep the conversation going. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.